What is going on, everyone? Welcome to today's episode of This Is My Shit Show Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. Um, he decided to swipe right at the same time I swipe right on Tinder, and we met up, um, and we actually became really good friends and uh, good colleagues, and we work together a lot. His name is Will Hall. Will, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Joe. Great, uh, great. I, I'm glad that, you know, we both swipe right on each other. That's, that's a really good feeling, because usually... Right. I just go through Tinder and just swipe right on everybody and hope somebody will get back to me eventually. That's usually this time the strategy. It was, uh, it was not a woman. It was me. No, no. Just you know, you gotta you gotta stay open minded. It's uh, it's the future, <laughs> man. That's what. It is. <laughs> you never know. You never know who's who's lurking out on Tinder. So swipe right it's on true. life. That's that's my motto. Swipe right on life. On everything, right? On everything. It's like yes, man, but. <laughs> so, but with Tinder, <laughs> the way me, me and uh, Will met up, um, I was actually, I don't want to say your supervisor or boss, because um, it really wasn't like that, as we both know. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a it weird, was a weird situation. situation, but we worked together for a year, a, li- a year and some change, something like that, right? Yeah. And we pick up work uh, here and there together, which is really right, fun. Right. And you do some work I, for I that. Copy That Meter Group, and soon it right, will yeah. be more work. Um, and then by us working together, being your goofy self and me not giving a fuck about body in life um, or people around mm-hmm. me, we kind of bonded over a bunch of stuff. Um, it was a great, it was a great uh, symbiotic right. energy. That we the, the, the random conversations <laughs> we had during work hours were great. Um, and we had mm-hmm. a lot of fun um, and we cried and we got mad at each other. But in the end of the day, we always went out for that drink. And we yeah. traveled. We traveled a lot, right? We did a couple of uh, road trips. Man, we were on the road. I think like the last couple of months that we were like officially under the same roof, I feel like we were on the road at least one or two weeks, like a month. It was it was crazy by the end. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. And I that was so much fun because it was, it was such a big transition from because before I was working with you doing like you know, the kinds of projects that we were picking up where it was a little bit more focused, uh, like, what would you say, like advertising or like commercial based? Like, yeah, what, like advertising yeah. commercial base. We got yeah. more into the documentary style stuff when, yeah, the, the when we started working stuff. together a lot more. The documentary stuff was really, really fun. Um, and that was such a welcome change of pace from like, I was working in news before and that was just like, I originally just picked up the job because I'm like, please, anything else. And then, it's you know, it turned into, wow, this is a really cool job and got some really cool people here. And we met, we actually really, in, in all honesty, we actually met through a, a good friend of ours, Miss Taisha. Uh, Taisha was our executive producer in the place that we used to work with. We worked closely together and we mm. used to fight all the time, but we loved each other very much. But it used yeah. to always be like, we always used to hit each other, um, always hit each other in the, in pretty much in the face of ideas. <laughs> um, but that what, that's what made the team work. Yeah, because it wasn't like it wasn't like we argued with each other over aesthetic or anything like that. Like we were always arguing about how to get the best product quality stuff. Because we we had like a whenever we were doing a project together, it was great because we always had the same goal in mind. We always had the same not the same vision, but we had the same trajectory. Right, and then just everyone had to everyone had a, a chance to speak up and say, "Well, this is how I think we'll do it the best," and then. Politely or not, other people would say, "No, I think this is how we should do it." And then and we always had we always had those people that agree, uh, disagree but couldn't bring a better idea to the table. 
Yeah, there there was always uh, those voices, and you'll you'll find that pretty much anywhere. But and, I think anywhere our, in the creative world or in the production world. Yeah, creative and production world. Those are those are the types of people that you're just inevitably going to bump into. But I think we did a really good job balancing all of our ideas, and while it, while it was still the three of us uh, together, that was I think we had a really good team. Yeah, we had a really good team, and I will have mm-hmm. Taisha hopefully on the ep- on future episodes on this show. Oh, um, that'd be really fun. If she if she wants to come back, um, me and her we actually get together a lot and have drinks and stuff like that. And um, where you come from? Because I knew you when you came out of the news industry, and then as of right now, as a person that saw you grow in the last three or four years, you've become a lot more than I expected you to become. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I seriously don't mean that in a bad way. Most people when they leave the industry, uh, especially the corporate world, they they do their own thing. But you literally just leaped and bound beyond expectations and i think a lot of people are looking back at you and be like shit yeah. underestimated <laughs> right you were very underestimated yeah. um i i love getting those like uh those messages on linkedin like oh hey uh it looks like you got your own you, you, you're heading up your own division now looks like you're doing this looks like you're doing right. that we should collaborate we should work together why don't you contract my people why don't you and you know it's 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 refreshing to hear that but at the same time like Fuck now you. that i'm at yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's like pretty much like but I'm just trying to I'm trying to elevate other people who I enjoyed working with, other people who I think deserve like better shots. Like a lot of what I have um, comes from luck and opportunity and stuff like that, and just knowing uh, how to identify good opportunities. But not everybody gets the same chances that I got. So when I started out, for instance, um, when I was in cut, like when I was a kid, my aunt had her own video company, and she would just have me do like second camera operator and she would bribe me with like a pizza. So in like middle school, that's going to blow my mind. Like just having a pizza. Uh, and I, all I have to do is like sit down and move a camera for like six hours. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> that still blows everyone's mind in the creative world. I'm yeah. Like, no, you're just... feeding us? Hold on. You want me to edit and you're going to bring beer and food. Yeah. I do. The oh yeah. I'll do the project. It's fine. Yeah. And that was, dude, that was in like, that was like 98, 99. Like, so that so <laughs> scaled pretty well. Um, so I did that for a while, and then by the time I got to college, um, I don't know, it was kind of, it was, it was like right after the recession, it was kind of scary. Uh, I wasn't sure there was going to be any jobs available in media or, or anything at all. Uh, so I just like, I did like two majors, two minors. I was a communications major with concentrations in media production, media literacy, and I had a humanities major in literature, and an English major in creative fiction and nonfiction, and I had a theater major. I can see, I can see all this. <laughs> or, yeah, or a theater minor and an English minor. Those are those are the other two things. So I was just like, I freaked out because I just didn't know what job I was going to get. And I lucked out. One of my teachers was a news anchor uh, in the area, and he brought me in. Well, I, not brought me in, but he told me, like, hey, apply for this internship, and I'll, I'll put in a good word for you. So I did that, applied, um, got in. There was some, like, crazy breaking news stories. It was 2013, 2012 into 2013. So, like, if you think back to news back right. then, like, all the crazy stuff that was going on, especially in Boston, like the the big one was the the marathon bombing. Um, so I was like, I was I was in the news station like every day that was going down. Didn't you tell me once that the, your first day was the mar- the marathon bombing, or was it that? No, my first my first day was Sandy Hook. Oh yeah, 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 I remember. That was my first my first day uh, in the news was Sandy Hook. There were no other interns uh, who were there. 
And I just had, I, I went in for the interview and then they said, hey, we really need some help today. And I was just running scripts. I was trying to help people out as much as I could. And the news director asked me, does this not freak you out? And this is my first experience with news. So I'm like, I, isn't this what it always is? So <laughs> that kind of, that kind of like, you know, uh, changed things, like changed my perspective. So I just, that was where the bar was set for me in terms of work ethic. That was where the bar was set for me in terms of how to like cover and how to pick up work and just know where to put yourself and say, hey, where can I help? What can I do? Where can I put myself? That's going to be most advantageous to the whole team. Because it was a, it was a big operation. It was a big team. And, you know, that, that's, there were a lot of big stories like that. Um, that were going on that year, and, and we both come from the news background. I worked at a, a at a local um, network here, and where I live at, and I, I think I did that for, I want to say, close to a year before I got before I went to where I'm at now. Um, <clears throat> and I remember multiple times just coming home, and I used to do the 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 four, five, ten, and eleven o'clock hits. And, oh my god! And it was a long day, but I remember just coming home and just being ex- like physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausted because you would hear something, and it was hard for me because you would hear something from something happened to a kid or a baby, and you're like, "And, and I have two kids, I have two girls," and your head automatically yeah. comes to shit that could have happened to my kids. So it's mentally yeah. draining. I mean, that's the yeah, it's mentally and what, and what you just said, like emotionally draining. That's something that a lot of people don't think about or a lot think something that a lot of people probably don't talk about is that it's emotionally draining like if you're seeing um basically the worst that humanity has to offer just about every single day and that's your day job and you're working around people who have already spent more than half their lives there and they're joking about it and they're not right. taking it seriously they're like it's gonna it's gonna like it's gonna affect you in this way that it's it's difficult to quantify it's difficult to point out and it's difficult to explain to people that haven't been in that situation so i think that was a big thing that we were able to connect right on. right right because like when i talked when i talk to people about working in news it's really really hard because you can't you can't scale seeing the types of videos that we right. have to see in news seeing the um you know hearing and like also like those that was also like a big that was like isis was really really big at the time and there were journalists getting killed, and that was that was really really frightening, uh, as well. So I mean, like the, that's the pure evilness. Yeah. Like, and and this is the reason why I'm always like, you know, me and my colleague Steve, we're always talking about society as our our podcast that we have, another podcast we have, Society of Our Experiment, how society just failed mm-hmm. uh, in general, right? <laughs> because yeah, we we worked in the news industry for a while, but we. We also, I walk out, I walk out in the streets and you could just see how people just react to everything, right? It's more of a, I don't care, fuck you, I'm going to do whatever I want to do to get by, which is understandable. But like when you look at, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this and I'm going to put a disclaimer, this does not mean I hate United States for those people that are listening. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I'm I'm loving the intro. We're the biggest assholes in the world. We think we're better than everybody. And we think we deserve everything, but we treat people like assholes. I was in Bermuda last year, and um, and I went to Bermuda the year before for a site visit, and just it was my first time at Bermuda, and I just realized I was really talking to people, and everybody was saying hi. Not Bermuda is a small island, 
but everybody's saying hi. Everybody's helping each other out. We're with our driver. He's saying hi to everybody. And just, just the pure kindness. I went through customs where people were just pleasant, right? You, and then I went a year later and executed the show, and everybody was nice. Everybody was super nice, helping each other out, having a good time and stuff like that. I shit you not, Atlanta and Boston, the first thing... Yeah. Someone says to me, I was waiting for my bag. Someone says to me, <laughs> almost ran, it was actually my fault, almost ran into the person. And literally the person says, can you get the fuck out of my way? And I'm like, welcome to the United States where everyone are assholes. But like, <laughs> I went to Ireland last year and it was the same experience, right? People are nice and they're just, they're, they're welcoming and, you know, but here it's just fuck you. Like, you're not, I'm more important than you, yeah. and everybody's more important than everybody. And I think that's everybody's attitude, and yeah. including myself. I, I fall into that to that um, scope at times when I only care about myself. But I think it's just because the culture of the United States is what marries yeah. that attitude to people. It's like, I'm more important than everybody else. Yeah, and then I think, it, like, that's that's like the American perspective. And then also, like, the like city perspectives, too. Like, if you're in... A major city or anything like that like there's so much crazy stuff going on all the time and if you're living in the city like there's no way that you're a nice person because you have like you have super high rent yeah you got to be an asshole you got you got super high rent you got cars that are always like scaring off to the side you got drunk drivers all over the place you got public transportation that's constantly failing you got uh, local government that is completely apathetic to you and then you got tourists who are just like clogging up absolutely everything so like there, there, there's if you're actually from the city, there's no incentive for you to be good. And then if you're not from the city and you're bumping into people from the city, all your interactions are going to be super negative. So like, right. there's it's just like this nonstop and, and feedback that brings us up to of bullshit. Basically, what happened the last yeah. couple of days, and uh, we we have a lot of conversation about this. I think last time we actually sat down and talked about it. it was about a year ago. But then between that, we were texting each other during certain events. And we just finished having Super Tuesday, which, as of right now, and you correct me if I'm wrong, and this is the reason I wanted to bring you on the show, is because we have these lively debates that we agree, disagree, and then, at the end of the day, who's buying the next round? Um, uh, we just had Super Tuesday. As of right now, I truly believe that Mr. Joe Biden is going to be the presidential nominee for the Democratic Party. But last time I talked to you, I think you were a Bernie guy. Is that correct? I, w- I was a Bernie guy, and I still I still like Bernie, but I'm pretty sure that Biden's going to be the nominee. I mean, it just it's just facts, figures, numbers, um, the media narrative around it, the establishment. That's just how things seem to be skewed, and it's really I I think it's very disappointing that the that the DNC is putting all their chips on just one person and not even trying to explore other potential people, like other, other viable candidates. Like we had, you know, we had a lot of candidates this year and we had a lot of pretty good ones. Um, a lot of really bad ones as too, but you know, I think we had enough good candidates that you didn't have to put any weight on one side of the scale. You know, like it, it, it seems like they're trying to, they're trying to present this very balanced, um, debate, this very, uh, balanced, uh, uh, buffet of ideals, but that they're they're pushing their hand down on one side of the scale and making it very clear that that's either either they get their way or they're willing to lose to Trump. That's 
how it right. is right I now. think me and you were discussing a couple of um, weeks ago during the last debate, and I was very adamant, mm. and I think I said this when we had drinks about a year ago. Um, right now, I was not planning to vote in my party, and, and I'm a Democrat as, as of right now at yeah. that moment. And in that debate, when you had Bloomberg, mm. Elizabeth, oh, Joe Biden, um, uh, and, what a um, mess. Uh, Klobuchar, Klobuchar, Buttigieg. Yeah, and, and Buttigieg. I'm like, at this point, nobody's going to win the nominee. No, not the nominee. At this point, nobody's going to win against Trump. No, because they're just attacking each other. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I can't name a single Biden policy. I can't name a single Bloomberg Klobuchar policy. All I know is like the Buttigieg policies, the by um, the uh, the Sanders, Warren, and gang policies. Those were like the the big four who were really putting plans out there. And then you would hear people in the debate say, oh, I have a plan for that on the debate stage and then never finished it. And then they never put it on their website. They never updated it. Um, yeah, it was it was really disappointing that everyone just thought that it was just like a giant rap battle. <laughs> perfect analogy. Literally perfect analogy. <laughs> and also, yeah. the, so, you know, <laughs> the moderators were just terrible during that one. Oh, my God. That was... That was embarrassing for like for every level of televised journalism. That was embarrassing. I I just I, I I can't even I can't even articulate like in every way how disappointing it was to just see them boil down to God what like just just an ESPN talk it was, show. It was first basically. track. Like it, it doesn't was like even first track. feel like yeah yeah. It just like it didn't even feel like it was any it, the, it you. It, if I didn't know already who the moderators were, I would have assumed students moderated that, like political and To a certain extent, they probably would have done a better yeah. job. They probably would have because they would have shut up or they would have said, hey, guys, these are the rules a little bit more often. But everyone's just so egotistical, so high up on their high horses, assuming, well, everyone will respect me after this debate. And there's just no... And this was the anything. second showing of Mr. Bloomberg. And food food disc- disclosure, I like Bloomberg. I met him before. I think he's a really nice guy and stuff like that. And that's the reason I was f- for him. But also, I think the reason I was for him when he came into the race is because he was going to light a fire under certain people's asses. And he did. He lit a fire under Joe Biden's ass. Yeah. Oh. Lit a fire under um, mm-hmm. Elizabeth. And everybody was pissed off. So they all ganged oh up God. on him. Yeah. But... Like you said, mm-hmm. one of my biggest issues that I had with the first and second debate, and when they were back to back, and I, and I shared this with some other people, is that I don't care about you guys bickering and bitching about he sucks, he sucks, he sucks. I want to know what are the issues. And then I had someone that told me, like, well, the party wants to see, the party wants to see what's um, who's going to fight against Trump. I'm like, as of right now, no one's going to fight against Trump. Because at the end of the day, right now, Joe Biden is the presumptive nominee. And we we haven't made that clear. That hasn't been decided. We still have a couple of more primaries and stuff like that. But but it's been decided by but the DMC, right? <laughs> but I know Joe Biden could go against him. I felt that, and, you know, my decision has wavered and changed multiple times because I've been so upset with this party. Um, it's been very disappointing. I've been very embarrassed to be part of it, to be honest with you. When we were talking about it, I was all for Bloomberg. And the reason why is because he could get nasty. 
He could get nasty as Trump. He has more money than Trump. He could literally blanket the airwave, and he did. He spent over a half a million dollars. Um, no, half a billion dollars. He doesn't have to pull his punches either. Like, yeah, because a lot, yeah, and like that's that's a big advantage that he had over everyone else was that, like, everyone else has to worry about their donors. Everyone has to worry about uh, donations and and things coming in that way, and then just like the morale of the people around them, uh, depending on what they say. But like with Bloomberg. He's already got everyone paid up until election day. So, of course, morale around him is going to be fantastic no matter what. Yeah, right. and he's got and he money. he has the money. And he doesn't have to worry about, um, or he didn't have to worry about, um, like, people, uh, I don't know, like, pulling their donations because he didn't have any donors. So he could he could be exactly right, he as care. mean and as vulgar as he needed to be. And, I, like, that, the little, I forget how, it was like a week or two ago. Him and Trump got into like a huge like Twitter off. That was that was nuts. <laughs> I was like, all right, so this is the era of American politics we live in. <laughs> yeah, by Twitter. Like I remember me and you were talking during during uh, the debate, and they pulled out a question oh. through Twitter. Me and you yeah. text each other at the same day. We're like, oh, are you my. fucking kidding me right now? Since when Twitter has a like, voice in this? Just matter? someone on Twitter, not even like some uh, pol- politics professor, not someone from another like another field of journalism not like a blogger like if it was a blogger i would at least understand i'd still be like are you kidding me but at least i would get it if it was like someone from uh uh, pod save america because they're on other networks and they show up every once in a while like if it's one of those people i'll get it but just somebody just some person just asking some softball question i don't even remember what the question was because i was so upset and the question had absolutely right. no bearing on the rest of the debate. But you still had to take at least five minutes to set it up, show the graphic, ask the question, get an answer, get a laugh, move on. That is time wasted. Yeah. On just Twitter. Moving forward to, you know, you had um, South Carolina, which Joe Biden, before everything was counted, he was already winning that state. Um, I also think... The reason why Joe Biden's winning the black vote is because everybody sees him attached to Yeah, it's, it's good Obama. name recognition. And everyone had a pretty good time during Obama, so yeah, why not? And now move forward fast forward to what happened this past week that we had Super Tuesday and there was a lashing. Yeah. You could see as clear as day that the the party came in and say, We're not gonna have a yeah. socialist in the White House. He's not going to be identified with the Democratic Party because that's pretty much what this says. Yeah. It's the subtitle, the subline story there, right? Um, I don't know if California is in yet. I haven't checked the news today. Um, but he, uh, Bernie Sanders was winning California. I don't yeah, know but even yet. still, like, it's just California. Like, that. He that's only how many states out of, like, the 14 right. that he would have needed? Yeah, that's, he only won, I think, yeah, Bernie it was, won three. It was, that was brutal. That was really, really rough. It was it was a lashing. It was like, but also I and I do like Joe. I was I was going for Joe a lot. I liked the Buddha Josh. I liked him a lot. But there was no way, and, and yeah. I don't mean this any other way. There's no way that America was ready to have yeah, a game. Yeah, I president. mean, it's disappointing, honestly. Yeah, it's the same thing. There's no way that it we're is, gonna have a yeah, woman president. That's very disappointing. Any time, like I think we're ready for that, but I'm holding out. Like the. It's not like it's not like the White House would collapse if we had a woman or a gay president. Right. It's not like rainy yeah, painted. Yeah, I mean, but on, on 
on the White yeah, House but, rainbow flag. Instead of the American flag, it's going to be a rainbow flag right next to it. That's the way people are seeing it, and that's the way the South is seeing it. That's the way the middle middle of the country is seeing it. That like once you put a woman or a a, a gay president in there, that this is what's going to happen. I heard from someone that said, "What happens if the woman has time of the month?" And it's like, "Are you fucking kidding yeah, me with this are question?" You, like, wow, you're an adult. Are you <laughs> right? Are you seriously asking me that question? Um, yeah. So it's not it's not so much like an indictment, like what we're saying. Like it's so much an indictment of like a woman running for office or a gay person running for office. It's more like I'm really disappointed in the American population that they just don't take the time to inform themselves on just the absolute simplest issues on on stuff like like what you just said, like time of the month, like that. What like what like right right? What kind of question oh is my, that from a respectable yeah. person, right? And and Elizabeth Warren kind of alluded that last time she spoke on yeah. TV. Um, I saw something. I didn't see her interview, but I saw something on on the Daily Show, which, to be honest, is probably the most accurate news show it's right now. Balanced. Which are, <laughs> it's most balanced. It's well-balanced yeah. with satire. <laughs> um, and she kind of alluded to that. It's like, you know, people are not ready for a woman president. Now, I personally think... And I and I knew I was right all the way from up to when she quit. She was not ready to be president. I, I'm pretty. I, I knew for a fact that she she was going to lose her home state. She came. Yeah. She came third and fourth in every primary and caucus, mm-hmm. and just shows you that she nobody liked her. I think she. I, yeah. I don't like her for a personal reason because she's not a nice person. Yeah. She was. She was rude opinion. to me a handful of times personally on a person. Right. Yeah, she, <laughs> Pers- I, I agree too. Yeah. Like personally, she was. And, and and you're not the only person that has told me that story. No. The people that loved her, they were like, oh, she's very smart. And so I'm like, for me, I don't give a fuck about that. If you're rude and you're a t- total asshole, yeah. I'm never going to go for you. I'm never even going to support mm-hmm. you. But does she deserve to be at least second? Because she was, she was the smartest person. Yeah, and she had... She had good ideas. Yeah, she had the best plans, too. Like, she had the most right. formed plans of anybody. And also, like, I don't want to hang out with the president. So, yeah, go... Go do your president thing, you know? Like, I don't, yeah, I don't need to, I don't need to get a beer with the president. I don't need to hang out with the president. I don't need to see the president's dog, even though Elizabeth Warren does have a very cute dog. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, she, she, like, you could tell in the very early, and this is the way I, I put it, right? And this is the reason why I said America's not ready to have a woman president. And I'm still holding out for Michelle Obama, if you're listening to this. Yeah, one of, yeah, she might be. I, I think you will be the perfect first woman president, and it will be a double whammy. First African-American woman president, and everybody will rally against that. Everybody will gather around People that. First, would lose She's smarter than... Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's first smarter than President Obama, but hands down. To a certain extent, when you saw the West Wing, you think that um, the president's wife was handling all the public all the affairs... I mean, um, all the foreign affairs and stuff. I have no doubt that Michelle will be like, yeah, you're not going to do that. You got to think about that, Obama. <laughs> yeah. Like, she, she'll put her foot down, right? She was probably, yeah, she definitely was like a very good She's definitely way in on, on, right. And did you ever, um, do you listen to Conan O'Brien's podcast? Not to like plug other people's podcasts, but he had a... Well, Conan O'Brien, if you want to be on this podcast, I'm more than... I would, I would love to have Conan on the podcast. Uh, I'll bring Will along, too. Oh, my God, that'd be awesome. I don't, we can talk about his vinyl, going back to that. Um, right. Yeah. Um, but he had Michelle Obama on, and it blew my mind, like, how how much work she did do. Like, even right. stuff that, like, wasn't on people's radars. 
like aside from like she's the first lady initiative, like she's she's such a brilliant woman. Um, she's such an incredible speaker. She's just so passionate, so moving, and I think she could really energize people in a way that we're not seeing other candidates right now do. Yeah, I, th- I think she she would be the perfect nominee. Um, but I said it way back, and just the reason why going back to um, a woman not being any anytime soon, you hope that's sooner than later. But when when Hillary was running, and I don't like Hillary at all, um, I was I was conflicted, right? Because I don't consider I used to consider myself a liberal, and I consider myself a moderate because. There's certain things that I agree with with the Republicans and there's certain things I agree with the Democrats. And I'm always for let's figure it out together versus fighting against each other constantly. And that's where we're at in our politic world right now. We're constantly because you're a Republican, I need to hate you versus I have friends of mine that are Republicans and they're really close friends of mine. And I respect their opinions because they have good opinions. They have good thoughts. Right. But. We we end up deciding now because you're a Republican. That means you voted for Trump. Oh, you're racist. And I'm like, you're, no, you're into Trump. I you're racist. It. Like that's <laughs> right, right. So going back to the last election, you know, I was conflicted. I was like, should I vote independent? Should I vote for Hillary? And I voted with my party. I voted for Hillary because it was a driving force from everyone I talked to stop Trump at all costs. Against my better judgment, looking at the polling a week before, I knew she was going to lose. And then New York Times, and I hope to do it this year, the New York Times had this amazing website with live polling data that you could literally see just stuff turning. And before, like five hours before uh, the award of Trump with the president, I, I literally was texting some of my, my friends. I'm like, we're, we're done. We lost this. They were like, no, we have time. I'm like, no, we lost yeah. it. They was like, no, we have time. <laughs> then I went to bed. We're like, you know what? We lost this. I went to bed and I woke up. I'm like, as, with a bunch of text messages. So I was like, how do you know? I'm like, just follow the data. Yeah. The data it was clear a week before election that she was going to lose this election. Oh, it was bad. And I didn't like Hillary. So now I'm, in that, I'm conflicted, right? Because I, I like Joe Biden a lot. But let's see how he does in the, in the debates coming up. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of Bernie Sanders. I don't mind. I'm not a big fan. I think the biggest issue I have with Bernie Sanders is not the socialism. I really don't give a fuck about that. Um, I don't think he's. I think he's too old. Mm. Yeah, and, the heart, and the heart attack really. The heart attack kind of, you know, that it's, it's it's one of those things that you kind of have to worry about because if he had it now, he's going to have it again. It's just proven fact that like once you have one heart attack, you're bound to have a second one sometime soon. First, we don't know if Bernie wins or Biden wins, who's going to be the um, VP. I'm thinking, you know, Biden would be dumb if he doesn't tap Kamala Harris. Because um, I think she was, I think when she ran, I think she was really good. She was good. But I, I mean, I think the reason that she dropped out was um, all the, all the, like the, the prosecution records started coming up and that she, like everything that she was preaching on the campaign trail completely contradicted with everything that she had done as a prosecutor. So that, you know, I think that there's like, there's still like, maybe people, maybe there's enough time, maybe enough time has passed and people have forgotten about that. But again, like those are really easy skeletons to dig right back up again, where like you would just have someone who like, okay, yeah, she checks all the right boxes, like in terms of like the ideal liberal candidate. But then right. like we, the research has already been done. Like all the uh, everything that you 
every dirt, every amount of dirt that you could dig up and throw at her on a debate, it's been it's been dug up at this point, and I think that's kind of that makes her a dangerous uh, VP pick. But so who who will? And I'm talking about generally, right? Who will Biden get, or who will Bernie Sanders get to be the VP? I, I mean, I don't think anyone who ran would uh, would get it. To be honest, I think it's I think it's a bad choice to go with someone who's already been in the spotlight, someone who's already been um, hit with so much criticism. Like they might just do what Hillary did in 2016 and try to get someone who wasn't even on the stage. What the hell Is she it, got? I forgot. Tim Kaine, the guy with the huge eyebrows. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and he was just like, he's a very classical Republican disguised as a Democrat. So, I don't know. I don't think it's a good pick, but I think that's what's going to happen because, you know, they don't really like good ideas <laughs> right now. As of right now, I think the party is fractured, and fractured in a big way. Um, when the Sarawak caucus happened, I'm sitting down, I'm like, are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Yeah, and then right after that, you have the State of the Union, you have uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi ripping up stuff on yeah. TV. I'm like, we got into this point in our world that we act like fucking kindergartens when we don't like what we're doing. That's the way it played out to me, and and you know, some people was like, well, you wouldn't say that if that was a man. I'm like, no, I would have said the same same thing because I'm I'm criticizing Trump as it is, so I would I would say the same thing. But are are we? I think the party is heavily fractured. Um, if Joe, I will say right now, if Joe Biden wins the nominee, I most likely will vote for him. Um, if Bernie wins the nominee, I most likely will vote independent. I do like Joe Biden. Um, but you wouldn't vote for Bernie? I wouldn't vote for Bernie. Don't mind him, but wouldn't vote for him. Because I don't think he could win against, against Trump. I think Trump will destroy him. I think the big thing with Trump that a lot of people miss in the debates is his linguistics. A lot of people don't pay attention to the way that Trump debates and the way that Trump speaks in the sense that people just think like, oh, he's this crazy lunatic who's just going on these rants. No, the way that he talks, he's ignoring the facts and going to these big, juicy, theatrical words and trying to punch those up as best as he can because it, first of all, resonates with his base. And he just has this somehow like verbal Teflon where no matter what insult you throw at him, no matter what claim you lobby against him, no matter like what you say to him about his past, it just doesn't work. It doesn't stick. And and that's kind of Bernie and Warren's biggest things when they debate is that they like to stick to the facts. And I like that because I like facts and I like figures and I like uh, consistency. But the people who are pro-Trump, the people who are going to vote for Trump, it doesn't seem like they care about that stuff. They just, they, you know, rightfully, they care about what's going to happen next. They care about what the progress is going to be. They just care about, like, how this presidency, whatever's going to come up next, how that's going to impact them. And Warren and Sanders are horrible at talking to that because they can't speak to, like, individual voters. They just say, like, hey, everyone's going to have health care everyone's going to have their student debt canceled. Everyone's And like, those are all things that I really like. But if you can't communicate how that's going to dramatically improve the quality of life of everybody, and like not just everybody, but like you, 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 if you can't point to someone and say, this is how it's going to make your life better, there's no way to excite people who are on the fence or on the other side of the fence. Like with Trump, he'll say, He'll say, oh, we're going to do this, and you're going to get more money, and you're going to have better jobs, 
and America is going to be better and your kids are going to grow up happy and healthy and you're going to be rich. Like who wouldn't who wouldn't enjoy that kind of rhetoric? Who wouldn't vote for that? But I I, I don't disagree with you. I agree with you. Um, but as of right now, and, and I think this is the reason why I have certain hiccups and, and this is a Democratic Party all across. Right. Um, it's one of those things that I keep thinking about that. When did become wealth? When did being wealthy become a penalty? Right, because everyone across the party they want to be the to, poorest. You know, I'm not considered part of the middle class anymore. I'm not even considered part of high middle class. I make mm. a little bit more money than that, but now I'm getting taxed like crazy. But I worked my yeah. ass off to get to where I'm at, and now I'm paying a shit more taxes for that. And I have no issues paying mm-hmm. the taxes for that. But it's like everybody feels like everybody is is more of. And especially in the party is more of, well, because you work your ass off doesn't really, I don't really care. You got to pay us more money. Yeah. And I have an issue with that because mm-hmm. they changed the change, they changed the bracket a couple of times on me. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, I'm making the same much money I was making last time. But now time, you're taking more. But now, but now you're taking yeah. more because you guys decided to change the bracket on me. Um, and when Elizabeth talks about her tax plan and when uh, Bernie talks about his, even Joe talks, I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, I don't want my shit taxed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get more taxed. I'm freaking, I want to keep my money. Yeah. And it feels like being wealthy became a crime. Yeah. But like, and the other thing that frustrates me with the whole party is that everyone, except Buttigieg, because, you know, mm-hmm. he's poor, I consider yeah, he's, poor. Well, he's a, right? he's a poor gay war veteran from the middle of right. the country. Like, oh my God, like you can't even, like if you had jigsaw pieces, you couldn't even put that picture together. Yeah. Right. Um, but everyone, including Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden, Sanders, um, of course, Bloomberg, they're all wealthy. So in the end of the day, it's like I, I, I have an issue with the people on stage saying to me, we're going to cut tax. Plan. We're going to do this for the tax plan. The, these people are going to get taxed higher. And then I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, you guys are fucking wealthy. So for you, it's not going to be a big that. Even though you guys say it, it's going to be a big, it's really not. It's going to be pocket change. For me, it's going to be a huge stat in my pocket. And then the other issue I have with the whole party is the whole African-American thing. They were getting against getting, um, Brunberg about the whole uh, stopping frisk thing, which it was bad. I'm not, I'm not excusing for it. It was bad. Talking to some of my friends that are African-American, they were like, I really don't care for that. I just don't care anymore. Because the issue they saw with it is there's a bunch of white people on stage talking about this policy that did not affect them, they've never been affected by it, they've never been affected by racism. I have. So, you know, fuck you if you're talking about it. And the other thing that frustrated me during these debates is that when the one I asked that question, they always have that one random black guy in the corner asking the question. Lester Hurl was one of them, and I'm like, he's the only respectable black guy on that, yeah. <laughs> on that, on that um, panel. Yeah, But, like... You know, and it's a little bit of both, right? It's a little bit of the network egging that on. I think it's, yeah, I think it's a big part, the producer who's like, oh, I want to get a good zinger moment or, oh, I want to get some clicks on YouTube with this one. So they'll have, they'll have the, uh, the woman from Telemundo ask a question about immigration. They'll have the, they'll have the, the black man ask a question about stop and frisk. Like they'll just set it up like that. And right. it just, it, and it annoys uh, the shit out of me. It yeah. really, I'm sitting there and I'm like, my wife was like, what, you're losing your shit? I'm like, because the question <laughs> needs to be asked. Ask the fucking question. Don't put a whole fucking 
show run around the damn question. Like, I'm going to ask this question at this time. This person's going to answer. I'm going to give it to this person and this person. Because now you make it into a show. And that's yeah. more disrespectful. Yeah. To the voters, like, more than any that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess a simple answer to that would be try to ask more yes or no questions and then just cut them off right at yes or no. But at the same time, you also want these candidates to be able to explain themselves in great context. So, I mean, there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's it's really upsetting. But, I mean, yeah. What, what do you think is the future of this party? Like, in the end of the oh, day, um, you know, we're, we're still putting the old people in the, in the, in the White House, right? Yeah. A lot of people are telling me that Buttigieg was not ready for a public office. I think Buttigieg will be perfect for a VP position. Yeah. Um, to get that under his his belt. Or like a, um, I I think Buttigieg would probably be better suited for an ambassador position because he speaks like nine languages. Yeah. Ring, yeah, I agree with mm-hmm. that. Um, uh, uh, Ram Emanuel came out with a book. Um, I know you like Ram. I forgot the name of it. I yeah. do like Ram. He's an asshole. It's so great. He's nasty. He's, <laughs> He's an asshole. A dick. He would destroy oh Trump on stage. Oh, what an asshole. Um, I know a lot of people don't like Ron because of that. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, he will get shit done. He got shit done when he was chief of staff for for um, President Obama. He got shit done when he was the mayor in Chicago. He got it done. As much as people hated him, he got it done. At the end of the day, that's what the party any needs. Good, people that get shit any done. Any good hockey team always has a goon on it. And Rahm Emanuel was the goon of the Obama administration. Like, he was the one going out there, being the enforcer, just, like, clobbering people just like that that was his energy that was like the chaotic like manic energy that he brought uh to every position that he had and you know i don't love every decision that the man made but i mean i still think we need people like that in politics to be dicks we need more assholes like especially from the democratic party because the way that i'm seeing like and and also full disclosure i'm unenrolled now like i'm not a democrat anymore um i i've I've been thinking about doing yeah. The same I just because I, I don't have any faith in the party because now it is the party of compromise. It is the party of oh well. I've already thought of the best deal in my head, so I'm going to present that. But what you don't get when you when you already present what you think the best deal is, you're gonna you're gonna you, any any deal that you make with anybody is always going to be a compromise between you and the other person. So if you already right. put your right. deal smack dab in the middle and you're negotiating with people who are on either the the the, the farthest pol- uh, right-wing polarity or people who are just a little bit more right, that centrist solution, that genius centrist solution that you just proposed, it's going to get tugged to the right a little bit more. And it's going to be regressive, and it's going to halt all the progress that you think you're putting out there. So that's where I see the Democratic Party going. It's just a party of cowards and like pearl-clutching compromising and I'm I'm sick of it, and I'm out. Well, also, I think if you keep having these same candidates, right, keep having the Joe Bidens, Elizabeth Warrens, um, the Kelly, Kelly uh, the Was, Wasn't John Kerry going to run? Yeah. Like, he, he thought about running? Oh, my like, God. Like, if you keep having these like, same people me? running for president, that would, they yeah. don't really have new ideas, right? I think I think Pete has some really good ideas, Um but I think it's time for the youngest people to get in there, right? I'm tired of hearing people. I'm so, and this is the old establishment, right? I'm tired of hearing people. It's like I don't think he has enough under his belt. He's too young. Fuck you. He's too young. Like, look at who's running the freaking. Right. He's not corrupted. Like that's he's not what corrupted. It is. Yeah. Like he doesn't. He, so let him get corrupted a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, give him. Let him get a little bit. Of, let him get he corrupted in right. like a good position. You know, 
Don't let them get corrupted at the local level. That's dumb corruption. That's corruption for like a right. couple grand. Like state house corruption is lame. Right. Like get right. federal corruption in. But the, you know but that's, that's the, the thing, the right? It's like it's we're so worried about people are not. They're not. You know, they're too young. They can't run. They don't have enough stuff under the belt. You know, they need to go to. I heard from mm-hmm. someone. I'm like, you know, he need Buddha just needs a governor governorship. And then he could run. I'm like, fuck you. Like, but why does he need that? Mm. I'm like, it, since yeah. like we're stuck in, and this happens everywhere. Yeah. It happens in, in corporates, corporate companies. It happens in any small business and also happens in the government, unfortunately, is that you have to work your way up, right? When when you mm. go for, when you try to get a job at a yeah. corporate company and, you know, you start your job and you want to make a bunch of changes right away. You, you always have that one person says to mm-hmm. you. That's not the way we did it before. You got to do it this yeah. way. I'm like, no. Hey, that's, right. you're going to upset people. You're going to make people mad. Like, you don't want to. Come on, just think about it. Think about the whole team. <laughs> like... All right, guys, due to some technical difficulties, um, we had to cut this podcast short, but there was a lot, bunch of good content. So. We wanted to make sure that we closed it out the right way. Mr. Will will be back with me soon to discuss more about the political issues that we are facing. Will, where can everyone find you at? Where can people follow you at, look for you, what projects you're currently working on? So, yeah, I try to stay a little bit quiet on the Internet because I'm not a huge fan of social media. But uh, if you want to follow me, it's at all willpower on Instagram. That's where I generally post all my uh, music video updates um, anytime I'm traveling or like doing anything like that, um, I also do a lot of like blogging. I do a lot of commercial work, uh, music videos. As I said, I'm just wrapping up my first short film uh, right now, and there's a lot of very very cool projects that I've been contacted about recently. Uh, there's a jazz festival in New York. I'm gonna be uh, overseeing for video duties, so a lot of really cool stuff coming up. Definitely stay posted on the gram. So at all willpower on Instagram if you want to stay up to date. Perfect, guys. You know where to find me at. I am at. J-O-E, J-O-E, Jojo, 0431 on Twitter, which I don't tweet, tweet that much. I am Confessions of a Traveling Dad at uh, the Instagram, which I post a lot of stuff there of my family, all my travels. I am also, you got a really fun Instagram, man. I thanks, really like man. your Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> if you guys want to shoot an email out to us or to me, um, I will have Will back on the show sooner than later because um, we still have a bunch of stuff to do. We could literally have episodes just on vinyl, episodes just on 4K we versus do, 1080p. Oh, we gotta do we gotta do a vinyl episode soon. Oh my god, we'll do that yeah. soon. We'll, we'll set up some time and record that one. I think people will oh like my that god, one. Yeah. The thing also people will hate I, us too. I, you know what? That's that's good content right there. You, be, you get you get a good mix. You don't want people just saying like, oh, I forget what they were talking about. Like, no, right. you want <laughs> passionate responses. You want. I can't believe they said this about vinyl and. Oh my God! Thank God they said this about vinyl. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's we'll, so yeah. We'll have we'll that. We'll back. have that episode. I did. A, like I told you, I did a whole a huge podcast that I don't know if people are gonna like or hate about um, vinyl versus digital. And I'm well versed in both. I I've been doing this in the industry for like almost 25 years, and I am considered a professional sound engineer and sound designer. So some people are gonna hate me when that podcast comes out, which I'm fine with. I'm oh. so excited to hear it. It's, it's just it's <laughs> just me bitching about so how what the, the yeah. pure is. Like it's so pure when you hear it on vinyl. Fuck you. 
Oh, it's like Taylor it's Swift like doesn't sound better on what? vinyl. What are you talking about? It's like water. <laughs> so, but there's like you like we discussed earlier before the podcast started running. There's great albums on vinyl. There's amazing albums that are on vinyl than on digital. So, so we'll have that episode coming soon, right? Um, so, if you guys want to shoot us an email, as this is your S Show Podcast at gmail.com I'll try to respond to emails and if you have a topic or subject that you guys want me to talk about or you want me to bring in an expert to talk about it let me know up to next time Will thank you for joining me on my crazy podcast uh, this, this show podcast this is a fantastic um, podcast thanks again for Joe, coming thank on. you for inviting me I had a blast and thank you listeners whoever you are for listening and getting angry at or with us <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> so uh up to next time, guys. See you later.